You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. I'm going to say a good near Pesach, which is what Rabbonim, not that I'm a big rov or any type of rov, but that's what Rabbonim usually say uh, as soon as it becomes Rosh Chodeshness, it's already near Pesach. Uh, if you, you can see from the tone in people's voices how little time they have, especially people who are involved in in issues of Yiddishkeit, halacha, and again in work too. So I know everybody's farnumen. I'm going to try to get to the point as quick as possible here today. Uh, I didn't I didn't plan it out this way, but this is as I said, it's become the struggling at the seder series. That's what we've had. We had we talked about wine, we talked about matzah. Uh, today I want to spend most of the time, if we can. I'm digging into uh, Mark Lips. He's not here, but I'm sure he'll appreciate some of these puns. Uh, the roots of Moror. And part of it has to do with the fact of, uh, when I say the roots of Moror, this really is obviously connected to the horseradish root, which seemingly halacha should not even be used, uh, and yet was almost uh, uniformly not only used, but also halachically presented as the best option, especially among the Lithuanian or the Ashkenazim uh, in Europe, which was using the, the horseradish root. So the roots of Mar, and then... Right, that was part of it, was that they did not have the, the Roman lettuce or the chazeris, they didn't have uh, the chasa, uh, it was cold in those areas. It was not really bitter. It's really sharp. Okay. That's oh okay. So now you're saying something interesting. Okay, most uh, again part of the. Did I say something sharp? <laughs> You've always got something sharp to say, Yankee, and that it's makes the true. people. That's that's our uh, you know you know people say who's this Yankee? I thought that these days when we have both, people consider that like Mahajin, Mahajin. <laughs> right. Well, that's the question we're going to talk about. You know, is there a combination of two? But again, obviously, this is a, a big issue. I've given you a lot of sources. But the roots of more, it seems like that was uh, the option. However, it could be that bitter becomes better by bits. Um, that came to me this morning when I woke up. Bitter becomes better by bits. And part of it has to do with the idea that other options then... Instead of using uh, romaine lettuce, which might not have been available, what Poskim and Rabbanim started discussing about was doing less than the shear. Who says you need a kezayis? Maybe if a person's not well, especially, it, it makes sense to actually tell people, and they were getting sick, as we saw in the chuva from last week and weeks before, maybe it makes sense to actually use less. Why would more be better if you use a bit of it Hurry, you have to eat a kazayas. You have to eat a kazayas of every uh, uh, type of food, as we know, or is perhaps more somehow different. So this was something that was as uh, was 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 argued about and dealt with uh, by a number of interesting rabbonim and poskim, including some great chassidish rebbes as well. And we're going to get into that uh, presently. Before that, there's no dedication, but I just want to point out, again, I, I, I sent an email last night to uh, Rabbi Blumenkrantz's son, um, Rabbi Blumenkrantz's Atzal's son, the one who is a... Uh, um, uh, uh, he's not the... He's a mashkiach at the Edison Yeshiva, 
and he is responsible now, I think one of the people mainly responsible for getting the books out. And a couple of months ago, he was able to send me a PDF of some of the book. I, 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 it's still really a great place to look. I knew Rabbi Blumenkrantz personally, he really was a tzaddik. Uh, there are people, again, I, I'll say it now because it's, it's a Dover Yadua, that there are people that feel that in some ways he's, his, his Hanoga and Halacha was was a humra yoser midai. Um, he definitely was a Talmud of, 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 of Muvak, I would say. He spent many, many years being Mavar was by Ramesha Feinstein. Uh, and the Tayelis of his book is, is unmatched. I was actually in Milburn um, at uh, a number, number of years ago, and a, it was right after he was Nifter, and a lady out of the blue, she did not look like she came from, you know, Mayor Sharm or Borough Park or any place like that. She came out of the blue and said, isn't it terrible that I heard that ra- the rabbi Blumenkrantz had passed away? I bought his book every year. And th- it shows you the tremendous far-reaching uh, effect uh, that, that he had. So I just want to mention him, not only Latoiva, but also a couple of things that he mentions here. We, we mentioned last week about the issues. Well, what's wrong with the old matzahs? So he points out here in his book that um, the oat matzahs, why oat matzahs might be an issue. So I'm going to read you from Rabbi Brumelkans a little bit right now. Rolled oats will, within 90 days after harvesting, uh, turn rancid. To prevent this, the oat companies stem the oats that kill the enzymes so they won't turn rancid. This cannot be done with Pesach oats because that would make them homemates. Another way to kill enzymes is by heating the oats in ovens. This method would not make the oats chametz. However, because the enzymes are destroyed, the oat flour produced from the heated up oats will never ferment or even become chametz. So now, so the, 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 most of the oats, the issues was, first of all, again, there's, they don't have the gluten uh, problem, right, uh, from some people. However, the way they treat the oats so they shouldn't go bad, actually, it sounds like the, um, the steaming of them could actually push them into chametz. If you heat them in ovens beforehand, then that kills the potential for them ever becoming chametz. And we know there are Paiskim, Prima Godim, uh, very uh, strongly, who says that if you eat flour, matzah from a flour, that even though when it was grown, it could have become chametz, but if you've treated it in a way that when you were making the matzah, that flower could never have become chametz, then you can't be makayim the mitzvah of achilas matzah. It's not chametz. You can eat it on Pesach, but you're not yoytze the mitzvah of achilas matzah. So Rabbi Blumenkrantz goes on. He says there's a definite difference between the two reasons. According to the reason that we don't have enough experience, which we talked about last week from Diane Weiss and others who said they don't have experience in knowing how to make the matzah, and... Um, uh, therefore one shouldn't really use them the entire Pesach, which what Diane Weiss was worried about. However, according to the reason that the oat flour can turn into, may not turn into chametz, the second reason of the prima, that the prima godim svara, so that's only a problem using them for the Seder. Um, Rabbi Kestenbaum uh, of London, the person behind oat matzahs, told me that today they don't have to use the heating method to kill the enzymes because uh, they have succeeded in eliminating the bitterness 
which I guess gets us into our next topic, and the rancidity of the oat flour by having the oats ground and milled a number of times. Somehow by milling them, I don't know how, but maybe that also makes it that they, that the, that the, they don't become bitter. And therefore, we talked about Rabbi Westheim last week. They, they are, they're produced under the supervision of Rabbi Westheim. And I'm told that the grains, groats, flour, and matzah are tested in food and health labs at the University of London. I'm told that the oat flour and matzah are tested to see where they become chametz, if it does, how long it takes. And they found that they did become chametz. And oat flour and matzah did not become chametz more rapidly or more readily than wheat flour. And therefore, that's how they eliminated the problems. It was done with a combination of, of care, involvement, scientific expertise. And that's how he says that um, the new method of milling and grinding many times eliminates the condition, and therefore, even according to Prima Gaudium, it's not a problem. So this is what Rabbi Blumenkrantz wrote many, a number of years ago. It's been republished, I think, without change for the last six, seven years. This is just a little bit of an addendum on last week about the issues of, of for, for Nebuch people, like others who have celiac issues, that why there might have been a problem and how that problem might have been eliminated. Yes, David. Wouldn't it just be an issue if you hold the brats? Because at what point can it not become hummus? Because we, we bake matzahs. For those who don't hold by that whole brats thing, can put it in their soup. Ah, we said it can't become hummus, so you can put it in your soup. Okay, okay. All right, so no David is there. Okay, da- okay, so David's asking, what's the difference between the primogodim and the humor of gebrokst? Okay. All right. Now, whether matzah shruya, whether matzah that gets wet could actually change and start to sort of like um, the wetness within the uh, whatever the liquid is could somehow penetrate into the item and somehow stir it to now become chametz or not, which is after it's fully baked. After it's fully baked, that's general. Um, it, issue of Gibraltar is that we're afraid that it wasn't actually fully baked. Right, right. So you're, you're, you're correct, Kelly. That's yeah. As far as we know, it's fully baked. But maybe when the water connects or the liquid, whatever it is, the soup, whatever it is, connects with that <laughs> item, uh, that there's some aspect of that still isn't completely baked, and then it'll start rising, and you might turn that piece into something that's called chametz. That's the chumr of Gibraltar. Now. Whether it's a real chashash or not, and many Rishonim say it isn't, but whether it's a real chashash or not, or just a minig that's good to be macabre, the flower itself, David, has to have been something that could have become chametz. That's what the primagodim is talking about. Primagodim is talking about the idea that all matzahs are made from flour that can become chametz, although we protect it to make sure it doesn't. The Gibrox issue is that we might be making something comments now and we don't want to. So the two aren't really a contradiction. So the flowers process into matzahs, if, it, if, if you don't hold by the grass, then it's it can no longer become comments once it's baked. So the heating in the oven to get rid of the rancidity is... So the, the I think they heat... I, okay, the, I think that... Again, I think what they do is... Although, again, I, I'm not sure. I think what they do is is that they heat the oats, um, not when it's flour. When they're oats, they heat them in a way that the flour that's produced from them. Uh, so that's... 
pre-ingredient mode. It sounds almost like coffee. Right, to the point that you can't. Right. So that's okay. That's in terms of that. Again, the Tzadik Lutoiva. That is uh, that is that. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit of addendum on that. In terms of uh, today, which I wanted to talk about the, um, I want to talk about more. So, uh, why, how did it happen? Uh, Yankees already said, and others have, have, have echoed this idea in many ways, that perhaps halachically the Ashkenazim took a wrong turn. Um, they should have been following the Shulchan Aruch. And yet, a horseradish root becomes the symbol of more. Um, it's interesting that um, there. it seems to me that there w- there's been a movement away from that, not just because it's so difficult to eat it. Um, you even see it in the in, in the Poiskim. Uh, even, <coughs> let me just show you right here. Start with the Kitzer, Shlomo Gansfried. I didn't even mention him in the blurb. Take a look. Right here up on the board here. Okay. That's horseradish root. That's what tamcha is. Okay. The kiven shehu harif ma'od. It's obviously extremely uh, strong. Yechoylen lefaro, as you can see at the top here, barabaisen. So what you can do is actually change it from a root. And you, instead of cutting a piece of root off and just biting into it, you're able to grind it, and by grinding it, that causes it to be less bitter. Rock But make sure that you don't leave it a long time, because like whenever you grind something, it loses its. Uh, oh, it's thank you. So therefore, we're going to let you grind it. Some, because they want to make sure it's really moror, they wait, and the Seder sometimes gets, I remember my brother, and you might remember people from your family, right before the Seder, uh, arriving the, the, the chrein. Okay? This year you can't do, which is what he says here. But again, it's a, it was a common custom. I remember growing up that we couldn't start the Seder yet because my brother was in the kitchen uh, grinding the horseradish root because he couldn't do that before. The uh, Oh, hang on. That's also because you can do it before Yankee. And it has the same potency. And there's some sheets that say, no, clearly it's not. As, again, if you say the point of moror is to have the ultimate uh, hargosha, so if you say this is a mitzvah, you have to do it now. Which is this year, make sure it's covered up. Everything Rav Shomagansfried wrote here was written by others before him. Now he takes a left turn. And maybe it was in Hungary, maybe other places it was different. It's better, even though this is he, first he does the standard company schmooze that it's about it's about crane, it's about it's about grinding it and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's better to take salat. It's better to take the first thing mentioned in the five simonim, the right? Now, what's the problem with it? The problem with it is that he seems to try to attack the critics. The critics of it 
again, it's always good to justify after the fact. But it sounds like some of the critics in the, of, of using romaine lettuce or lettuce or this salat is, we'll get to the bugs in a second, was that it's not really more, right? Now, again, this is your Shalmi's question, and the Bavli seems to mention it as well, that how is it bitter, Right? I'm not saying that it's the greatest thing, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a delicacy for many people. They have romaine in their salad, right? How is it that that's considered al-miroyrim yachluhum? So the Yashalmi says the answer, and I think the Bavli mentions this as well. The Yashalmi says, wow, well, it's not mora. How can you eat it? So the Yashalmi says, no, it is trilosan um, mosuk, but soifoy mar. After Mitzrim, as we know, were Tchilos and Masuk. The first thing was, as we know, Paro went out there and he said, look, be a good citizen. We've got a great, right, it's a great plan. We're all working in this together. And Paro himself went out there with the shovel, whatever it was that he had. And, uh, and originally, the Jews just wanted to be good citizens and they gave him pats on the back. But eventually, of course, it, 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 it went through this uh, slippery slope in which that they became avodim in the worst possible way. In the same way, the moror starts off mosaic and then becomes mar. That's the, now, the question is, what does the Yerushalmi mean? So the famous parshan on the Yerushalmi, uh, the Ridvaz from Slutsk, uh, he says, well, this l'chorah means, not when you're eating it, it means that if you leave it in the ground too long, and you don't pick it when it's fresh, it's going to have a, uh, it's going to be an over, and that's going to have a bitter, stale thing. Okay. So the Ridvaz and the Chazanish, uh, famously after him, felt, because when they came to the, you know, they, they um, um, <coughs> said that if you're going to use Salat, then it should be Salat that stayed too long, right? Not the stuff that got picked by, uh, you know, give me the name of it, you know, Green Bunny, whatever it is, the people, you know, the people you see in the bags over there, whatever, like, like that, right? What? Andy Boy. Andy Boy, that's right. So Andy Boy, or even even Bodek, whatever it is. So, But it should actually be made sure to pick it when it does have that bitterness, Right? Most postcom disagree. Most postcom say that even though the one you're eating is sweet and nice, but this thing, had you kept it long enough, would be a problem. Rabbi Yashiv recently, when they came up with from Gush Katif, um, I don't know, we might get that back. I don't know. We'll see. Based on the elections, I don't know. Can't be too sure. I don't really know about the politics, but I'm saying. But when they when they brought the um, when they brought uh, uh, lettuce from Gush Katif. Sir Rebel Yashiv said, this is great. It doesn't have the problem that some Seifer and others talked about, which was the, 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 the infestation. But he says, I'm only going to say it's, I'm only going to give my Heksher to say it's all right if you let it stay a little bit longer, speak to the farmers, so it should have, when it's picked, ooh, this doesn't really taste as great as the other ones. That was Rebel Yashiv's Humra. It was, it's confirmed by the Chazanish. And and the Ridvaz. You said that only for, for the Pesach batches, right? Or, or, okay. For the Pesach batches, the oh. one, the whole reason why they so were developed. Gush Katif when it sold, you know. I understand, right? Moskim, Moskim. There's a problem, but I'm saying that's the reason. That was the the urgency to produce it was that there should be kosher remorse, so to speak. <coughs> so to have to be bitter. <coughs> anyway, so which is what 
Rav Gansfried mentions over here. He says, "Vinikram Lara, because Shoya Bikarka Nasa Kelachmar." Okay, but he still thinks it's better, as you can see. Rabbi, yes, I heard a good explanation why, why we can use lettuce because lettuce has, it doesn't have any taste, right? It really doesn't have much of a taste at all. So it's dressing it all in it says that a bitter life. If you have a, if you have a, a bland life, like you have you know like nothing in your life, it can be bitter too. That, uh-huh. that bland is also a bitter thing. I see. I see. Um, so safe. I hear. Look, I think that's a nice idea. Whether whether that's exactly yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Listen, it's not a bad idea. Um, but again, if you take a look again from the everything that's there, it sounds like it's uh, things that really make you recoil. All right. Um, now, the problem, of course, is that. The, there's another issue. What is the root? You're not. It says here in Shulchan Aruch. It says it in, in Halacha. But again, we'll just take it from the kids here right now. You can use the stalks or the leaves, but not the roots. Now, what does it mean? The roots. So some posts can say that means you can't use a horseradish root, right? Because that is a root. So take a look at what the Kitzer says here. We're talking about if you go deep into the ground, you'll see that the roots of the of the plant are are, are separating and going in another direction. But the Shurish Agodol, which is the horseradish root itself, that's called the Kelach. Which again, this is what the post can say. I don't know the history of this Teretz, but, but um, as you can see, that's a teretz to be matzik using horseradish root. That's not really the root. It's the root that's really that's really the essence of the stalk. But once again, here's our Shlomagan Street saying not everybody agrees with this. Whatever, right? So, and again, I, I, I haven't been to the to my garden lately, but I'm not sure when you grow horseradish whether the root that we, we take is sticking out of the ground or under the ground. Because, shemashu bekarka nikrashoylish. All right? Now, and, okay. so this is the issue against, okay, so the issues Rav Gansfried implies are it's hard to eat it. It's extremely difficult. We saw yet last week the tshuva, the woman, I don't know if it was true or not, but the woman who got sick and was had to go in bed because from eating it. And the other issue is that maybe it's not even halachically, uh, it's not even halachically proper because it's a root as opposed to a stalk or a leaf. Um, now, this edition, some of you might have it yourself at home. Um, Raise your hand if you have this edition. You have it, right? It's a very wonder. Again, he put it out in a couple of different editions for Brian. So a tremendous Tamachacham. He wrote it. He, he wrote uh, on Shas too. I think we have a couple of volumes on Sanhedrin. We have here in the library here. Um, it's really a. It's really a good way 
to start with the Kitzer and then open your mind up to a lot of other things that he finds. And unlike many other people and writers, uh, I'll, I'll include myself here, he knows how to be Makatzer and he knows how to give you the Meyer McClaimers you need uh, to continue. just want to show you that he quotes over here the Chsam Seifer, that he would, every Shabbos Agodol, he would say, I know what the Gemara says, that the mitzvah is to take Chazeris. And Chazeris is, has been identified as Romaine lettuce. It's the first simon. There's a mitzvah to take it. It says, If you don't have real people know how to check, take tamcha. It says, I know everybody says, has, has what the Gemara says in Psochem, Chas Rachmona Alon. It comes from the word Chas. Here's my little, let me just parenthetically mention this. Um, Passover Haggadah, right? Um, for years, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. It's Passover. All of you, we would tell our friends, what's this Passover mean, right? What's this Passover, right? And of course, at the end of the day, what, what you have to tell people is, well, <laughs> we were saved. God passed over our homes and um, and, and then kill us. And smote the other guy, right? Exactly, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Passover. Okay, but the other guys are killed, right? Oh, he passed over us. Hey, we were saved. It's, um, if you look in the Targum, and Rashi quotes it, by the way, Posach Hashem al-Bote B'nei Yisrael. So what does the Targum say Posach means? Chas al-Bote B'nei Yisrael. <laughs> the word Posach is translated by Targum Unkelis as Chas, not Kofatz, right? It doesn't mean to jump, doesn't mean skip. Doesn't mean he passed over and he says, I'm not touching you guys. So it's kind of like Rosh Hashanah He had a Rahmanus on us. In other words, so I just want, just, so, want, just so, so really, do you know how much better off we would be if we would take the Unkelus' translation? What's the, your holiday called? Compassion. That's our holiday. It's about compassion. It's about God being compassionate. And believe me, I think we would have saved a lot because again, the, Calling it Passover, even though people don't think so much, believe me, the David Dukes and everybody else, they, they know how to uh, be sensitive to these things, right? The, 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 the Passover. Can you imagine if we call the translation chas? That's what it is. It's rachmonis. It's compassion. The fact God loved us. And I'm not even talking about that he passed over us. He just, he showed compassion. The whole Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Pasach al Anyway, so yes, Yanki. So the Gemara says, because that's what Pesach is, is chas, so eating the morar, even though it's a mitzvah, also makes you think about what you're eating since you're calling it chasa. That's the way we are. We are, uh, we're like, we're, we're like children. We're like children with ADD. So when we eat something that's called chasa, we can't just concentrate. Oh, we're always thinking, oh, this is chasa I'm eating. Yeah, chasa, rachmanis, right? Rachmanis. We can't separate it. The name becomes the object to us. We are what we eat. And we are what we are, all our experiences and, and the things that we know. So when we eat something... <laughs> anyway, so that's the reason why the Gemara says chas is a great simon. However, onu nemar, the tamcha, some sefer says, what's tamcha? Roshetevis, tobin misapim kveid kale, Right? Tamcha. That's the better one, because that's constantly you eat more, you're definitely in a good in good company. Interesting again how again that was the Chsam Seifer, but you already see Chsam Seifer died in eighteen thirty nine. You see that by the time the Kitzur Shochanarch was written, twenty years later or so, 
that things were starting to move. There was this movement. People were getting sick. There were people being meyayed to, let's go over to romaine lettuce. Let's go over to lettuce. Interestingly, a, a psak from sort of a, a similar period to, to the Kitzer a little bit earlier went into the other issue is maybe we can take Tznoin, Lamora. Okay, Tznoin, of course, is radish. Let's take a radish. Maybe maybe the radish is Tamcha. And as I think I've mentioned before, that um, Shoy McClugger wrote 163 Svarim that we comments? know about, that we know about, and it's not unusual that in one of his Svarim he says, I think radish is good, is and another Sefer he said that he doesn't believe radish is good. Okay, so the Gemara says, good question. So this gets into, uh, so this, uh, so the Gemara, this is the Gemara's question. The Gemara in Pesachim asked this. The Gemara says, yeah, why don't you have this, this side of a fish that's very, very bitter? So the Gemara says, since it says, al so we're makish matzah tomorrow. So the same way matzah is a, something of, something that grows in the ground and it's organic. Mina it's Minaaretz. So who I did, it has to... So Mar says, why can't you use the bark of a tree then? Mar talks about stripping a bark of a tree and grew from the ground. So the Gemara answers, it has to be like matzah, that it came from a seed and it basically has a fruit. So if you have the bark of a tree, so it's got to be essentially some sort of thing which is either the essence or the fruit. So this actually is very interesting. Uh, this Hekish, because Rashi seems to believe that that Hekish uh, is a very powerful one, and that means that there's a mitzvah sachila of mar. Now, let me step back for a second. Does the Torah ever say, eat mar? No. The Torah says, as we all know from al matzah yochluhu. What do you mean? Meaning, eat them, right? Eat on the Korban Pesach. Al matzah eat the Korban Pesach with matzah sumeroyrim. All right? Which means the Pesach is eaten with them, but there's no, the word achila wasn't said by Mor. Um, now, where, who's, where did this come from? It comes from the Rosh. The Rosh says uh, the following. <laughs> the Rosh is, is in, in Arvi Psachim, uh, I think it's Sif Chafei. The Rosh discusses whether you need um, a shir uh, to eat the Mor Bechdechilas Pras. Now, what is Kedechilas Pras? Everybody knows, but should maybe for, for the sake of our listening audience, just mention what it is, right? Um, basically, like this. A Pras is either four uh, beitzim or eight beitzim. Normally, of wheat, fl- of, of, of a bread baked with wheat flour. How long does it, why? Because the big one is either 16 like a, like a wedding chal, right? The, the big one, the, a pras means a broken piece of a big bread. That's what a pras is, right? Now, if you didn't, forget about Lechem Mishnah. This is what the family eats over today. They have a, a half of it broken for one meal, half of it broken for the other meal. That's why it's called a pras. Kedei achilas pras of what you break. It's machlekes based on the, the tanoim. Whether it's it's based on the machlekes tanoim and erevin and the poskim, the Rambam and Rashi, each one paskins differently. Is it four? Uh, I'm sorry. Is it six or eight? Uh, Beitzim. So the question is, what's achilas pras? Would be the amount of time it takes to eat six or possibly eight beitzim worth of food. 
of, of bread. Let me explain it better. In that amount of time, you have to have eaten a kazayas. Because otherwise, you spread it out so long that you didn't really do an achila. If you take 15 minutes or 20 minutes to keep on chewing, so you might have had a little bit of... of, of right. So it's true, you definitely imbibed something, but when the Torah said eat, it meant a kazais. Now, what did it mean? Did it mean you have to do it like the guys at the, uh, at, 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 at the, at the state fair? Like you have to like put it in your mouth and like... Like and, and, and chew it like a crazy person, right? 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 Is that, right? The Scotia, I come from Tennessee, so to me it's the state fair. But anyway, the point is, is that is that what achila is? Achila is eating normally, like we all ate here today. Well, how long do you have? So if you get a kezayis within the amount of time, that's called an achila. Okay, that's called an achila for chiyuv, achila for Okay. Now, so the rush says. That Moror, he says, Moror also has to be eaten within that amount of time. And then the Rush gives a reason. He says, because we make a bracha, al achivas Moror. So, there has to be achiva. Again, so the Shagasarye, uh, uh, in, in, in Sif Kuf, uh, is Medayik. Hmm. Why didn't the Rush just say, there's a mitzvah to eat Moror? The Raisa, the Rabbanan, Right? And Achila is the same way always. What's he talking about the bracha for? He says, since you made the bracha, you don't want to be a liar. You said you said in the bracha you're going to do Achila. That's the reason why you have to push yourself to eat the mar within that time. What's in, in our, this morning? Like, um, like a bracha you eat? I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, but if you would... Okay, so I'll give you... Like a bracha on an apple. There's a big difference. No, well, because... Well, I, oh, you want to... Ah, very good. One is... Right. One is, I can't get Hanah, I need to make a bracha. So even though I'm in a nursing home, and I take a little bite, and then a little bite, and then another little bite, I needed to do that, because you can't get Hanah from this world without a bracha. But if, if, but if, yes, but if my bracha was, I'm going to eat, I'm going to do the mitzvah of eating, then I have to really eat halachically. And the way you eat halachically to be makayim the bracha, the Rosh says, is by having that amount in the amount of proper amount of time. So the Shagas says, hmm, the Rosh could have, could have just said, there's a mitzvah sachila, right? By matzah, you have to eat. By, by, right? If the kayanim have to eat the chathas, they have to eat it in a shear, because that's what achila is. It sounds like the Shagasari says that the Rush understands that Minat Torah there is no even in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, and for there is and there is no mitzvah of Achilas Mora. It's only because Chazal wanted us to have it as a mitzvah similar to Matzah that they created this idea of Achila, and that forced everybody to have it in this amount of time. So the, that's the Shagasari. Okay, Shagasari is out there. And remember the problem. Before everybody is turning, remember that's some cipher saying, don't you eat lettuce. People are pushing for lettuce. Everyone else is saying, well, I gotta eat this stuff, it's making me sick. So they came out with this following Aitza. And the Aitza, I did a lot of research to find it. Actually, he helped me, Rembron, because it was actually, in, it took me a lot of searching, but I found it here. I mean, he gave me a Maramokam, but I spent a couple of hours trying to find the Sefer, and I went through this whole Sefer last night. But the Imre Noyam. Now, I am not, uh, again, again, I am the Sefer Imre Noyam, Bishem, Zkainoi, Agoyna Kodesh Mirobshitz. 
Okay, I don't know if we have any ruptures of Chassidim over here, but we've heard of Raptoli of ruptures, right? You've heard he was a tremendous. We even have Nagunim from 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 him. It stems back. It's one of the biggest Rebbes. He had three sons. His youngest son, I believe, was Rebeliezer of Jikiv. I don't know if you've heard of the Jikiv Chassidim. Anyway, so he um, um, that was his uh, son, uh, Rebeliezer of Jikiv. And he had a son, Rav Meir. Somehow that, the name became Horowitz. Rav Meir Horowitz. Rav Meir Horowitz wrote a sefer called Imre Noyam. I went through most of it last night looking for this, but I couldn't find it. Um, it has, he's a big London. And he said over from his grandfather that it was a Dover Yudua that his grandfather said that people that are Cholosh and can't eat the Tamcha can eat less than a Kezayis and why? Because it, more, there's no mitzvah sachila. The whole, right? Therefore, he wanted to say, right? Remember? It's only because of the bracha, it's only the chumra of the rosh, because of the bracha you have to do it. But if you're an Adam Cholish, you can actually take the mora, and you can actually, he felt, you he made can, a bracha? so he made a bracha as well. What bracha did he make? Okay. What bracha did he make? So, um, what? A mitzvah smaras. That's the. That is what some of the chassidim said they should make. In other words, the rush says there's no mitzvah sachila. Even the rabbanim say you have to eat it. It's the rush was machmer to say you have to treat it just like everything else. The kazais with achilas pras. But if vibalt, you're an adam cholosh. And if if it's true, if you can be medayik from the rush properly, there is no mitzvah achila by marim and you, you can't do this achila. But you want to be Makayim, what you can. So therefore, you can actually eat less than a Kazayas. But if the mitzvah is to eat it, you're not being Makayim the mitzvah. Like if you, like if, like, 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 if, if the mitzvah is to do what they did. So that's what, the, so the Rapshitzer seemed to hold that we weren't, we didn't make a Tanai true. We, we want you to eat it and eat a Kazayas, Pachtayachilas Pras. However, since, uh, based on the Shagas since essentially it's a mitzvah, it, there is no mitzvah achilas mora min atayra. So when when the Rabbanan created the mitzvah, the same way, there was no mitzvah achila, and in the time of the base, right, there, there is no mitzvah achila on mora. The gedorim of achila don't apply. And therefore, you can be yotze, the essential mitzvah, even though they made so, you, what you, can you do? You can maybe change the nusach or the bracha, but you can be makayim the for, to talk, for this way. You can you come to the seder, you don't make the bracha, you're still makayim the mitzvah, right? Brachas aren't ma'akev at all. Person doesn't know how to make any brachas in the world. He's against making brachas. He can still put ma- what? Can't speak. Person. He's what? Can't speak. Has trouble speaking. Right or whatever it is. Uh, in Shamayim, he has the schus of being Makayim all those mitzvahs, and the Rabbanon as well. So here you have a person who can't eat the shear. So the Eitzah of the, of the Rapshitz, of Naftali of Rapshitz, and was to do what? Was to eat less than a shear and make a bracha and don't be, don't be worried. Now, I tried to find the Reynayim inside, I didn't find Why it. Why didn't he give another Eitzah? You know, because I saw lettuce. No one's getting sick from me. Oh, 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 because lettuce was not the Skabel. Because again, so what? How about half and half? 
Again, so again, if we say they didn't have lettuce, was one thing. Secondly, you have some safer others saying, stay away from lettuce, stay away from the tiloyim. The chayodim, I didn't mention this, but it's in the it's in the thing. Chayodim writes in, in that we're mesupik what chazeris is. Chazeris is the first one, and the next one is ulshin, and the third one is tamcha, and the fourth one is char navina, and the fifth one is mora. So the chayodim says, you know, we don't really know what chazeris is, Some, because the levush, the levush, right? Again, I'm showing everything I prepared last night. But the Lavush says in the 16th, the Lavush writing in the 16th century says that it's, a, it's called Zerzich. It's not Salat, it's called Zerzich, which is another type of type of thing, I don't know. Uh, another type of, 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 of plant. So the Chayotim says we don't really know what Chazeris is. The only thing that we really know, we know what Tamcha is. Okay? Now, another aside. Dr. Felix, remember we talked about him last week about the oats? He's the one who wrote the sefer called Mare Samishna, where he says, I'm going to tell you what the Mishnah really means because I did my research biologically and archaeologically and everything. So first of all, he, he says oats weren't around in the time. That's, oats weren't around in the time of Chazal and you're not Makai in the midst of Matzah with oats and everything. And you shouldn't make Allah, etc. But then he says that they did not have he says, Chazeris, he proves, cannot be the horse, the Tamcha cannot be the horseradish root. It's mentioned in the Mishnah and Psachim, in the, in the second, third parak, and Daflamites, I forgot which parak that is. But, but Felix says conclusively it's not that one. Okay. Right? Now, and, 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 and the truth is, is that before the time of the Shulchan Aruch, we don't hear any Sephardim telling us that it was it was the horseradish root. It's only once they had an interplay with the Ashkenazim that the Sephardim got the idea what Tamcha was. They were eating lettuce, they were eating chazeris for years. So in Ashkenaz there became this counter minag uh, mark, which was this is it. This is the best. That's what Chayotim says. And that to me tells me that in the, in the by the Goin and by all these Litvaks it was all about horseradish. Well, wasn't available. Probably. Right, but even if it would have been, even if it would have been, they wouldn't have taken it. So he was saying, right. So now the question came, so let's eat less than a shear. That was where it comes up. So, um, and the tzaddik says you can do it. All right. Now, I said before that this was Raftali of Rapshitz. His son was Rebelezer of Jikiv. Rebelezer of Jikiv um, had a daughter... Um, who married the Divrechayim son. It was Mechutin we mentioned two weeks ago. And the grandson was the first Shlomo Halberstam. Shlomo Halberstam the first. He only lived, uh, he died young, on the young side. His grandson is the famous Bob of a Rebbe. Shlomo Halberstam was the first Bob of a Rebbe. He was the Rav in Vishnitz. He wasn't called the Vishnitz Rebbe, he was the Rav in Vishnitz. He was born in 1847. In, 18, in 1880s, okay, let me say it better. He learned a little bit by the Divrechaim, who was his grandfather. He also had another grandfather. His other grandfather was the Jikover. So he was, the Bavavar Rebbe, the first one, was a grandson of the great Divrechaim, and also a great-grandson of Renatoli of Ravshitz. He studied by the Divrechaim. Um, Divrechaim 
actually has a tshuva where he says, chas v'sholem, to eat less than a shir. You should not eat less than a shir. But his other, his, again, his uncle, Shlomo Halberstam, the first uncle, published this, was the author of the Imre Noyam, and he says, by Rupshitz, this was the Hanog of my grandfather, and we used to tell people if they couldn't eat it, they should eat less than a shear and make a bracha without a problem. So the Shloyma Halberstam, the first Bavav Rebbe, before he became the Rebbe Bavav, sent questions to the G'dayle Yisrael about this. He was 40 years old. He was a Rav, a Chosh of a person. But he was Mesupik because he actually had two grandfathers. He had two, a grandfather and great-grandfather arguing. He was raised and learned by by his grandfather. His uncle was writing in the Sefer that everybody was reading that you can eat less than a Kezayis. He didn't know what to do. So he, so we have his questions to the, the following Rabbanim. Let me see what we're holding here. Okay, if, I just want to show you. Okay. So the... Um, and why not? You know, stick with the stick with the stick with the old, but eat less. So, he writes here that um, okay, here it is. <coughs> All right, so here it is. Um, okay, so the Rabbi Yudah Asad, the Maria Asad, was a, a Paisik. He was considered Hungarian Paisik, uh, uh, the strongest after some Seifers Ptira. Even though the Ksam Seifer's son was, was also very significant, the Ksav Seifer, but Rabbi Yudah Asad was considered Paisik right after the Ksam Seifer's death. So this is a, a tshuva from Rabbi Yudah Asad in 1859 to his son, and you see the mention here of the Shagasariyev. Here it is. Take a look. Al das mashikasavta al tshuvasi akoydemes, shola bezichreinech, da Shagasariyev, besimen tzadivov, besivkuf, chokar. There's two places. Ninety-six one bchatzi shir is in a mitzvah. In other words, we know there's a machlekes whether chatzi shir is also or not. If you eat less than the amount of chametz, uh, not a kezayis, are you over an avera? Is it an avera? We know chametz is also midarabon and b'mashu, but is chum, if you are you over an avera from the Torah to eat a little <laughs> little thing, right? So you're not chayv kars. You're only chayef kars if you had a kezayis, even on Pesach. Chometz does not be, you're not chayef kars if you eat uh, less than a kezayis of chometz on Pesach. It's oser b'mashahu, which means it doesn't, the Rabbanan have a chumrah, it doesn't, it doesn't become bottle. And that means, David, because you're chayef kars, if you eat the proper shear, the Rabbanan came up with all these chumras on chometz, which we keep. But at the end, but, but directly speaking, if you eat less than a shear, have you done an Avera or not? So this is a machlekes, whether it's an Avera Minatora or not. It's definitely an Avera Midarabonon. It's machlekes Rabbi Yochanan Rishlokish in the beginning of the eighth parak of, of Yuma. We passed on Rabbi Yochanan, the Chatzi shear is also from the Torah. So now, the Shagasariye and the, the son of Rabbi Asad were wondering, well, maybe if I eat less than a Kezayis, I'm, it's a mitzvah Minatora. In other words, forget about Morer being with the Rosh, that the Morer, there's no mitzvah achila. Even if you want to say Morer, there is a mitzvah achila. But the same way, when it's less than the shear of something you're not allowed to eat, it's considered an Avera. 
So chazi shir should be usher min as an avera, but chazi shir should also have a shame mitzvah. Again, it's not the best mitzvah, the same way it's not the worst avera, right? If you, if the worst avera, you get chorus, okay? You don't get chorus here. And one of the, 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 the Shagasari points out that there is a shita's tanoyim, Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, who says that the whole shir kezayis is only for chorus. For makos, for example, let's say if there's a, for, for getting, for, for, for eating a, a, something that there's a lav, and to get makos, you would get makos for less than the shir, from kol shuhu. That's a, it's in the beginning of the third parak of makos. Reb Shimon says that you, that you, that you get makos even for a kol shuhu. So you see that even in terms of an Aveira, a little bit counts. So maybe we should also argue that a little bit of a mitzvah should count. Chati shir is also an Aveira. You have Reb Shimon. So Reb Yudasad says the two aren't really connected. Reb Shimon we don't paskin like. And I'm not sure if there's even a ktsas mitzvah. But he says, I, what you're telling me about the Shagas Aryeh, he says... I think that's not bad, but he says, I agree that what you could probably do is make a bracha al mitzvah's moror, below beloshen achila, and you can base it on the rosh that the Shagas brings. So the Maria Sad seemed to say, similar to the Rupshitzer, that you're allowed to make, uh, especially if you're an ish cholosh, change the nusach of the bracha, it's all right. As you can see here, um, Rav Shloima of, of, of Halberstam writes here, and you can see this comes, this is from the Mari, this is from Yitzchak Aaron Ettinger. Again, they were, they were, well, everybody's all related in some way, but he was not from the Chsidisha, he's from the Shuas Yankov and from the, uh, from, from, from the, from the family, the Ettinger family, the Ettinger, Ettinger family. And he says, look, Shloima Halberstam from Vizhnitz. So he writes here that, um, he says, unfortunately, he says, I couldn't get into your Shiloh, but he says, again, I hear what you're trying to say, um, and uh, to come up with a heter for people to eat less than a shear, and the reason why you came up with it is because you're asherah b'sefer echad nitfas mechadosh b'shem echad kadosh matir v'odam cholosh v'echol mor pachos mikazayas u'levarach avachivas mor uh, that the Rupshits are said you could. And even though he was a great grandson, uh, and he was a nephew of the person who wrote it, he says he, he accepted the Devrechayim that it was wrong, but he wanted to know what, uh, Ettinger thought. And just to skip to the end over here, he says if the Shagasari is right, he says the following. He says, he says, when they made the takana of the brach of Achilas Morer, you gotta eat a kazayas too. No excuses. He says, first of all, there is a hekesh from matzah tomorrow. So when they made the brocha, they were also demanding you to eat the best. So he says that maybe, um, he says, maybe we better to be Mekayim Chazal and not to eat. He says, if you can't do it like Chazal, then maybe it's better, he says, 
Efshir the gam benidin didah and imeinu yochel v'kaim takonas chazal. Then you can't eat more. Maybe it's better shaloyle echol marakvah. Uvakaim mitzvah chivas market. Wait till you get better in the next holiday. This goes back to what we were talking about. That Chazal wouldn't make something that people can be able to do. You wouldn't be able to do. Especially one of the svaras that they say is is that if you do it wrong, for example, let's say a person is sick. A person's sick and he got himself sick by eating the shear or eating less. If he was an oynus mamish, that's the marm shiksvar. If he was an oynus mamish, I'd love to do it. I want to do it. With all my heart, I'd love to be able to do it, but I can't. God says, you want to do the mitzvah? I give you the scars if you did it. But when you come up with this eitzah, which might not be a proper eitzah, then what you might be doing is actually making it worse. So it's better... And he says, we know we have a similar thing when it comes... In other words, he's saying you're making like a kitchen of himself. Possibly. <coughs> Rabbi Etting says that one could compare it to the mitzvah of the Erev Tavshilin. By Erev Tavshilin, how does Erev Tavshilin work? You're allowed to cook from, Shab- from Yom Tov to Shabbos. Are you allowed to do that, Menat Torah? Is that called... Is, let me say it... Your before, before. Yeah, Torah, you can do it. Ah. Gemara Psalchim says that if you hold it's usher to cook from Yantif to Shabbos, you can't do this phony heter. Oh, I set up an egg here, and now this uh, this eight-course meal, that's the extension of this egg. Baloney. If you're not, we know what you're cooking well, for. Really. You're cooking for, so it must be that really, Menatayra, you are allowed to cook. The Gemara Psalchim says you are allowed to cook from Yantif from Shabbos, from Yantif to Shabbos. The Rabbana don't want you to do it. So they came up with this Eitzah, Heim Amr, Beheim Amr. So now the question is, let's say there is no, the you forgot to put the Erev, or the Erev gets eaten. That's not here. So what's the dip? So let's say there is no Rav who did it for you. So he says, L'chaira, the guy's stuck. I, it's all Midar Abbanan. I, L'chaira, again, he ends up not having Einig Shabbos. He has no food for Shabbos. So Rav says, maybe it's the same thing here. He says, you see that the guy wasn't able to have his, his Shabbos because he was Makayim, the Takonas Chazal. Right? The Takonas, but Lachor, the guy's an Onus, right? What happened? He forgot and this. No. No Einik Shabbos this week. We're not going to say, well, Tony, the Rabbanan, right? So I can cook. No. He says, maybe that's what the person has to do over here. Possibly. At the end, at the end he says, um, but since the whole Shagasari is based on the Rosh, and I and, and there's the Mitzvahlekes Rosh and Rashi. He says, I'll say the Kenny Kazayas, eat it, but don't make a bracha," which is what the Mishnah says. Mishnah seemed to be aware of all this, so he doesn't mention it. He says, if if you are mamish weak and you can't eat the mora, and he doesn't talk about eating the chayim, he says, eat less than a shear, but don't make a bracha. And if you can't do that. He quotes, he no, says, no, no. put something bitter in your mouth. You know that, Mr. Brewer. At least put something bitter in there, and at least this way you have some of, of that. All right, we'll stop over here. Have a great Yontif. Take care, my friends. Uh, we'll see you in a couple. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.